Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Greetings and welcome to the prison. Welcome to the Games Master Academy. Welcome to the Team Championships. This is Under Consultation, an episode-by-episode podcast guide through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Cohen, and I promise I will no longer do the Games Master intro because this is the last time I'll get the chance to do it. I make no such promise, and I am Ash Versus. <laughs> This is our Series 3 wrap-up episode. Well, we thought we'd split it into two halves. Like, the first half of it, we'll do our general thoughts on the prison setting. And then when we get into the second half of the show, we'll give our general thoughts on the team championships as well as our usual awards. But I'm going to do something that we haven't done since the first uh, end of Series... Like, when we did uh, Episode 10, way back when, uh, in Series 1. I'm going to have a beer. So, for Foley Sounds... I'm going to crack into a little beer, mate. Celebratory time. I, do you know what? Sadly, I am still off the sauce at the moment. So, oh, yeah. yeah, a bit for listeners. During the latter half of season three, I have been on a bit of a kick to get myself back into shape. And part of that is I've cut out the old sauce. My last mm-hmm. drink that I had was um, quite a bit of whiskey on New Year's Eve. And at the moment, I am still dry. It's not a permanent thing. And I hope in the near future, Luke, we'll be able to raise a glass in the same pub and oh, yes. toast the fact that we have now for over a year been recording this some bitch remotely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so series three is actually our first fully lockdown series. And I, I think any ropey moments we had with recording remotely, we got out of the way with the end of series two. Series two, by the way, feels like a lifetime ago. Like, I was going back over some of my notes and I was going through, like, old Series 2 episode titles. And I was like, that feels so long ago that we recorded it. And in reality, it's not that long ago. I think that's not necessarily, from my perspective, at least reflective on either Series 2 or Series 3. It's just this fucking world right now. (laughs) It is. Uh, And might I say as well, Ash, I think you're looking really svelte at the moment. I think you're looking really good, mate. Thanks. I am actually feeling... 
pretty damn healthy, which uh, I it's a while since I felt this um, this kind of on top of things physically. So thank you, thank you for saying I appreciate that. You're welcome, mate. You are also your beard is also magnificent right now. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, yeah, because I haven't cut it in a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it suits you, man. It suits you. <laughs> yeah, I need to trim it a little bit because I keep getting beard. I keep getting mustache hairs in my like in my lip when I eat, so I need to just trim it a little bit. That is the worst. I, that's it's quite often. I that's like that's the bit I'll do the most often. I'll let the stubble grow up the sides. That's fine, but I'll just occasionally go along with the trimmers. Oh, it needs to be done. I might even do that tomorrow. Anyway, Games Master so, <laughs> series three. <laughs> series three is in the books. It is a series that. When we started doing this show, I think we've we talked about this quite a bit during, throughout Series 3, but when we first started doing this, the comments that we got were just like, oh, when you get to Series 3, when you hit season, Series 3, Season 3 is the worst, Season 3 is this, Season 3 is that. Like, it's, it's the most infamous series of Games Master, I would argue, because it's so different from Series 1 and 2, and it is completely different from 4 onwards. Um, and... It was a series that I wasn't sure like how I was going to react to it with, you know, many, you know, 20 plus years worth of hindsight. It's a series that I ended up liking a lot more than I thought I was going to based on the sort of like pre-feedback that we got to series three when we were uh, finishing up series two. I'll be honest, we kind of played into that at various times right from the very beginning like from series one from before series one from when we were just like sat in the uh, the brew house near mm. where you worked talking about it we were already kind of making some jokes about series three being on the you know being that kind of grim reaper horseman of the apocalypse <laughs> on the horizon i regret that now yeah a lot uh because it's unfair especially to dexter fletcher and i think it's it's unfair to the season as a whole do i think it was the best that games master was no but I don't think it's as bad as I feared. It's certainly better than I remembered. Yeah. And as I kind of said on last week's episode, I'm a little sad that this is over. Particularly in the semi-finals and the finals, the team championship was just banging. Yeah, it finally found its form, which is, which is a shame that it found it so late. And almost like, I mean, we'll get into that when we talk about the team championship later, but it's almost like, if they'd have done it for Series 4, I think they probably would have nailed it down and, and sort of really worked out the format to make it a, a solid championship. Uh, like you, I, I kind of regret a lot of sort of like the, oh God, we'll get to Series 3 when we get to it, sort of comments that we were making all the way back at the, you know, the start of Series 1. Only because I think I was very much judging that based upon the um, notoriety that Series 3 has with Games Master fans. I hadn't rewatched it. And when I have done rewatches of it, because I I guess based on its notoriety, Series 3 was always the one that I never went back for rewatches on. Which is weird as well, because it's it's so much of Mega Drive and SNES playing as well, which is like right up my alley. Like that's my era of gaming. It's the, the one that kind of reflects me the most in terms of where I was as a gamer or where I am as a game. But now that I've watched Series 3 from start to end, and you and I have spent, well, I mean, actually you can argue over a day in of our lives we have spent well over a day probably you know probably almost to a day and a half of our lives we've spent recording each other talking about this show over two days over well, two days i suppose you're right yeah because like each episode we re- usually record for about two hours so yeah you're probably right like it is getting towards yeah over two days of our lives we've spent talking about it never gonna get them back <laughs> <laughs> but i learned something along the way and what i learned was series three's all right 
it's actually perfectly fine. And as I think I've said in the past, if this series existed isolated, if it was just this is Games Master and Dominic hadn't come before this and he wasn't going to come again, eh, Mm -hmm. this would probably be regarded very differently because it would have no peer, really. It would maybe be compared to Games World if Games World still existed. But because Dominic was a much more 90s host... Yeah. It's always going to be compared to that. And it's something that right at episode one of season three, we said we were not going to do. And for the most part, we've avoided doing it. And I think because that's been my mindset along the way, that is why I'm much fonder of series three than I, than I thought I would have been. And doing this podcast as well, we've learned so much about the production of series three. And we're going to learn like even more as well once the oral history comes out later on this year. But like the the production of this show, like when you sort of watch it back and you're like, man, some of this feels like so rushed and this and the other and it's like a bit slapdash in places. Like, yeah, because apparently it was an absolute like dumpster fire backstage in actually getting this show made. It's almost like a miracle that it really did come out as well as it did. I've actually got like a a newfound respect for Series 3 and for Dexter Fletcher as well, who I feel really has been unfairly villainized within the Games Master canon. I agree. He definitely has. He's not really talked much about his time on Games Master. As far as we know, he's not in the book. Any attempts that I made to contact him via his agent, that didn't happen. Yeah. But when I was digging around and just, I was actually looking for anything to do with Games Master. I was looking for press materials for Rocket Man because I just rewatched it with my partner and I was like, oh, yeah, I really like that film. Uh, and there were some videos and interviews he did with some of the cast and stuff and they were really fun. And I was just like, I want to watch those. And then I found an interview that did talk about Games Master and. It may have been one I saw before, but didn't click on. And the reason I didn't click on it is because it's with the sun. Yeah, so I would have avoided it. However, I did click on it this time. And there is a brief bit where he talks about Games Master or more specifically about his life at that point in time. Dexter was burning through his newfound wealth and at 19 bought a two bed flat in Muswell Hill, North London. He sold it a year later and bought a four bedroom house nearby. He was cavalier about tax bills. He recalled, When I got demands through and the money wasn't there, I just borrowed to pay it. Then I would still spend recklessly. At one point in his early 20s, Dexter had three cars, including a new £13,000 Land Rover. He'd also developed a full-scale cannabis and cocaine habit. While his lifestyle was hardly professional, the work still continued to come in, and in 1989, he won a role in hit ITV kids series Press Gang. But when it ended four years later, Dexter was seriously in debt and suddenly found it a struggle to get good work. He ended up presenting a series of Channel 4 video game show Games Master to fund his drug habit. Wow. He said, I had so much debt, I chose to do it for money, and I'd given up on myself in terms of ever being the person that I thought I was going to be. I was squandering everything I'd earned from Elephant Man onwards. I know there would have been a point where people would have gone, this guy's an interesting young actor, to going, what the f*** is he doing? I was at my lowest ebb. I didn't give a shit about myself anymore. If I did, I would rather have starved than do that. Dexter's troubled years even saw him facing court after he stole from a great train robber, Buster Edwards, who was by then running a flower stall in London. 
Dexter well, grabbed I, two. Oh, hold on. Sorry. Buster Edwards is in like the Buster that um, the film was made about that we have sort of covered in our timeline because we did it on Under Consultation Extra. Yeah. With, um, oh my God, not, not, not Bob Hoskins. Um, Phil Collins. The other one, the one who looks like Bob Hoskins, Phil Collins. The one that's still alive. Bob Hoskins dead. <laughs> We've established that. Thanks, Dominic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He basically shoplifted from a former great train robber. No way. By stealing two bunches of flowers worth £5 as he passed. He was given a conditional discharge and had to pay £30 costs. A chance meeting with Alan Rickman in 1994 pointed him in a more sensible direction. They'd previously worked together when Dexter was 14 in a stage play called The Summer Party. When recalling their encounter 14 years later, he said, I was off my nut on drugs and just remember him looking at me and he said, Are you all right? I was paranoid, coked out of my head, but then I started getting the calls to meet this theatre director. So Alan had got in touch with this director who was putting on a play in the back of a pub and suggested that she audition Dexter. She ended up casting him, but his life was still in chaos. And in 96, he had to declare himself bankrupt. At that point, he hadn't just been cast by this director. He was dating her. And she said that if he wanted to stay with her, it had to stop. So he changed his ways. He said, she hated me going out and getting stoned. So I started to make an effort and gave up the drugs. I turned my back on the sort of life I've been living for the past 10 years. Wow. I mean, like that 94 timeline of him meeting Alan Rickman is obviously going to come after Games Master finishes because we believe that they were filming all of series three or the, the second half of series three in the latter part of 93. So about like November, we think is when they were recording the team championships. So like he's finished there in November and then, yeah, 1994 is when he meets Alan Rickman. And I suppose you could make the claim like that's sort of the, the point that things start to turn around for him. Yeah, Alan Rickman, who as an acting tour de force, I just miss. The fact that he saw this guy who he'd worked with when Dex was still a teenager and saw clearly that he was in trouble and wanted to help him out. I love that. I also love having now a bit of an understanding of where Dex was. Yeah. They clearly stayed very good friends because I'm currently looking at a photo and it's from Dexter's wedding because he married that producer, Dahlia. Mm. His best man was Alan Rickman. Was it really? Oh, that's so cool. I'm kind of glad I didn't read that interview before we started doing season three because it would have coloured how I saw Dexter. Mm. Uh, I would have felt even more sympathy for him being in at the deep end because he wasn't even in control of his own life, never mind what was going on on Games Master. So I'm glad that I kind of reached the conclusions I did on season three without that knowledge. Unfortunately, I think the path that he ended up down is the one that we see in so many child stars. Drew Barrymore is the one that immediately comes to mind. Absolutely, yeah. Macaulay Culkin. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, yeah. Britney Spears. Oh yeah, Brittany, 100%. Yeah, totally. Like a lot of those, I'm glad he came out the other side. Like of 2019, Rocketman was my film of the year. I absolutely adored that film. It just, um, it, it's still such a joy to watch and such a beautiful, like, I love outlandish musicals. We don't get enough of them. It's all fucking Mamma Mia. I want, <laughs> I want stuff that's a bit crazy. I, you know, I want more things like Little Shop of Horrors and Rocketman is in its own way. A little shop of horrors. <laughs> yeah, he is a guy that has really come out smelling of roses in in life. 
essentially like a man who has battled demons and is now like on top of things like he is considered to be a very very you know serious director he's very serious about his work and i think there's a reason why you know he does not like to talk about this period of his life why he doesn't really like talking about games master or things like that i know that nme got him to talk about games master in their interviews with him about rocket man uh what would you rather dexter write star direct and be in be the next bond or <laughs> right star be in the next bond yeah. right, or they bring back games master and press gang and you have to do both of those I'd have to do both of those. Yeah. What combined as one big sort of games mastery press gang thing. Yes. Yeah, I think I might skip that one. That felt like that was the time when people started to finally ask Dexter, sort of like to see if he wants to open up about it. Because I remember Simon Brew of Den, well, he wasn't of Den of Geek, we originally of Den of Geek, he was the founder of Den of Geek, but I think it was for film stories, said that he interviewed him. And the hardest thing that he's ever had to do is not ask Dexter Fletcher about Games Master because he really wanted to. So it's nice to know that Dexter can sort of like look back upon it and, you know, reflectively and say like, this is where I was, here is where I am now. But there is still part of me that hopes that he, they do manage to get him into the book. Because I, I feel like that is, that's like the, the missing piece of the puzzle really is to, is to get that in there. Or hopefully at some point we will get the Dexter Fletcher autobiography and for better or for worse, it will be addressed in there. Yeah. It's interesting as well because this period of Games Master Series 3 is not called back upon. In the final episode of Games Master, when we get to it in Series 7, it does not talk about Series 3. As far as I'm aware, to the best of my knowledge, the only time Series 3 is brought up is in the Christmas special of Series 5. And it is Dominic Diamond making fun of Series 3. Can I say for the record that I hated that red jacket and was forced to wear it at gunpoint. However, there was one costume which was even worse. For Series 3, the producer made me shrink, wear a boiler suit, don an unruly black wig, and speak in a barely believable Cockney accent. So, like, the, the first half of Series 3, I kind of look back at it a bit fondly. Um, because the team championships feel so like separate and we actually we, we I think we get some of this in our listener feedback that we have as well it's like they do feel like very different series uh, the first half you know in the prison set I am um, I really liked that and I liked the fact that it was you know you do the challenge at the start and the winners of those go onto the challenge at the end I think we had some really fun ones of that at the start like the Mortal Kombat one was really good the ultimate soccer one we had in episode two Sadly, I don't think they had enough games to really like establish because a lot of times it was then just like playing two player games and then just one player will go on to the end to play like a speed challenge or like a collect as many things as possible. So it worked better early doors than it did later. But I do think there was a lot of good in the first half of Series 3. I would absolutely agree. Um, we got some really exciting games. We also got some games that we were told we needed to be excited about because <laughs> don't forget, Luke, we saw a tennis game that had the best graphics you will ever see. It's got the best graphics you've ever seen in your life. I, I still cannot get over how good they were. I just like they're, they're literally in my dreams right now. <laughs> you know, just just close my eyes and there are those graphics. But he was right as well, because here we are, 20 odd years later, I still haven't seen graphics better than it. They literally were the best graphics I've ever seen in my life. Let's bring up an elephant in the room for season three, because season three was sponsored by McDonald's. We got that all the way through, be it part of the regular or the team championship. But the game sponsorship and the paid promotion for games, be it a CDI tennis game, 
be a mm-hmm. clay fighter. Oh yeah, that was way, way more blatant. Actually, I don't think was quite as present in the team championships, or at least not until the end, not until that final episode, when yeah. suddenly <laughs> it's like we're meant to be getting excited for Cybermorph and Rise of the Robots. Yeah, I think it was more prevalent in the reviews and the preview section, like, you know, the, the 3DO feature or the Mega CD feature that we got towards the end, or the Mega CD reviews, I should say. The the Christmas special where it was like, yeah, Clay Fire is one of my favorite games. Oh, and also Claymates. I, I should make mention of that as well as one of the best games of the year. Like, I think it, it was less in the games aspect of it, but it was certainly in the review zone. Yeah. My choices for 93 best games for Christmas would be Sensible Soccer for the Mega Drive, Long-awaited conversion, a brilliant game. Also, Claymates and Clay Fighters for the SNES. Unusual ones, I suppose, but superb characters and great action. Lot of laughs. Whereas, in like as you say, in the first half of Series Three, it felt like every week the challenges were just like paid promotion. Like Virgin has given us this. We need to talk about. We need to talk this up and talk about how great it is. Aladdin. Yeah, Jungle Book. Like we had loads of them in the first half of Series Three, where it was just this is the best new game. You need to go out and buy this game. Part of me wonders how different the team championship might have been if it had actually been in the prison set. Yeah. Not just from a, well, we'd have probably been able to hear Dave and Dex and they wouldn't have been shouting over each other as much, but also might they have done different things with the challenges because they'd have had more space? Might we have gotten more actual team challenges? Like we might have got another multiplayer football challenge or Bomberman or something along those lines. Would the extra space allowed by the prison have given them the opportunity to do more exciting things with the teams for like either the final challenge of the episode or you know however however it was going to go so many unanswered questions and again we're kind of waiting on that book (laughs) yeah it's going to be a struggle not to leap straight to chapter three i'm going to try and read it in order but it it, it's going to be you mean it's going to be an exercise yeah temperance I have been thinking about this, that it is probably just going to be like, I'm just, I'm just going to quickly have a skim read through of chapter three, just so I can kind of get like a, a good bearing of it. And then I'll go back to the start and read it from the, uh, read it from the word go. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious about it and how it's essentially just going to make everything that we've done redundant because there'll be sort of a, like so many episodes where like, I wonder why this was like that. And then like the book's going to come out and be like, it was because of this. It was because of A, X and, and Y. Oh, do you know what? I mean, I really hope they talk about Games Master Live. Because we had a live episode in this series. Like, they did a, a live broadcast of Games Master, and it was a total clusterfuck in the most brilliant way. Oh, welcome to Games Master Live and direct. We are live. Oh, what are you lot? Oh, my God. Let me get up here. Hello. All right. Yes, we're here at Olympia Live. That's right. The future entertainment show. You've got to see it to believe it. And just to prove we are live, in case you don't believe it. Are you lot? What's the time? There you are, you can't get much liver than that. The old adage is never work with animals or children, but in this case, never work with children or prototype video game boards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At a trade show, the sheer lunacy of that entire episode is still beautiful to behold. And the fact is, we still don't know who won the final challenge. <laughs> unknown to this day right, the game's got to get reset they're hanging about here we go come on guys, come on, guys. we need to get this challenge underway get behind your man yes. up, you can see yes. As we're we're at, 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 all right we've got to go we've got no time left we'll see you next week same time 
Well, let's get into some of our awards then, kicking things off as we always do with our favourite challenge from Series 3. Ash, what have you got for us? Well, I'm going to start off by going straight to the consultation zone and entering a cheat because my favourite challenge of Series 3 is Street Fighter 2. Ah, because we had it quite a lot. We had it quite a lot. And if nothing else, it was consistent. Mm. But also, as time went on in Series 3, the players got better and better. And we started to see tactics and special moves weren't a, ooh, we got one fireball around. We got proper Street Fighter gameplay. When it showed up on the running order for a show, I was like, oh, cool, that's going to be easy enough to cover because there'll be something to talk about. If they're moderately competent games players, there shouldn't be any reason for this to be boring. Yeah, and like you compare the games playing of Street Fighter 2 that we had in Series 3 to like Episode 1 of Series 2, where like we're looking back at it now, we were like, woof, it's, it's some rough going at times. It's far and away because everyone's got it now. Everyone's got it. And you if you haven't got it, you know someone who has it. You're playing it around a mate's house. So like everyone's pretty good at it now. And it's, it is a game that has dominated Series 3 without actually being a challenge that much because it's been that and, and the Champ Edition have had their various challenges in there. And I think it's the same with Mortal Kombat. Like, I think those have really dominated the fighting styles because if they're not playing those games, they're playing other fighting games like they were Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. I did consider Mortal Kombat because that was such a great way to start off the series, but... None of the gameplay we saw on Mortal Kombat throughout really this entire season was as consistently good as what we saw at Street Fighter 2 or Street Fighter 2 Turbo or Street Fighter 2 Special Championship Edition. I agree with that because I did write down Mortal Kombat, but specifically the episode 24 Mortal Kombat round robin tournament that they did because that was in the semi-finals. It was like they were really good at that. They All three of them were pretty great at that and they all knew what they were doing which made three very close fights. Uh, so that would have been one I was going to... It's on my list of like nominees of... That was one of my favorite challenges. But I don't think I would have said all of the Mortal Kombat challenges were good. Some of them, in fact, were actually a bit dogged. But I think the, those ones in 24 were really, really good. But I think for me, I'm going to say... So the other nominations I had as my favorite challenge were, oddly enough, the Mario Wall Stars challenge that we had it back in episode nine. Well, our opening sortie tonight is rather special. The game is Super Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo. Four games, all rolled into one, and I've chosen three of them for our contestants to play. Each game tests different skills, but our three contestants each have the same goal, to get through their level in the quickest time. Because it was so wacky and so weird. (laughs) That was actually one of my candidates for worst challenge <laughs> because it made no sense. No sense. Oh, yeah, it's in my worst nominations as well. <laughs> so we've chosen three different levels of Mario All-Stars. They're all very different, but in the interest of fairness, we've stuck them on a card, which you will not be able to see, and then when you choose one, you'll know which level you're playing. Simple as that, right? Ladies first, I think, don't you think? That one there. Let's see what you've got. You've got Super Mario 2. Yeah, you pleased about that? Definitely. Definitely. So Sam's on Super Mario 2. That one. We've got the original Mario Brothers. You pleased about that? Yeah, definitely. Excited, even. Brilliant. Brilliant. Slow down there, cowboy. Good stuff. I'm going to say my favourite challenge, though, is the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog challenge from episode 23, the speed run that they, challenge they had in the semi-finals, where you had 
two lads get 30 seconds, bang on 30 seconds, and one person get 33 because they just made an ever so slight mistake. And the reason why I loved it, A, I love Sonic the Hedgehog, B, I love a speed challenge, C, it made me go and do it myself. Uh, and I did it today, in fact. I was I was sat there and I had, I had a bit of downtime and I was like, so I fired up my, my emulator and I was like, I'm gonna have a quick bash of this now and see what time I can get. And after a couple of practice runs on it, I got 31 seconds and I was really, really pleased with that. Nice. Yeah, I was, I was really chuffed with it and it made me appreciate the 30 second runs that those lads got even more so. So for me, it is that Sonic the Hedgehog challenge. I absolutely adored it. On my part, I actually managed to get a 29 second run, but I'm blaming that on a bad kebab. <laughs> Wee. Wee. Right, well, you that teed jokes. us up there. <laughs> you teed us up there for the worst challenge of Series 3. And as much as I have enjoyed Series 3, it has, I mean, it helps that there's been like so many challenges in this show because there have been times where we've had like four or five challenges per episode. But there have been some really, really bad challenges throughout Series 3. There have. And if not for some of the challenges we got in the team championships, I think I would have been spoiled for choice. But two titles rose head and shoulders above all others for me. And I'm going to pick one of them and see if you pick the other. (laughs) Rise of the Robots. For my next challenge... I've selected the very handsome and high-tech beat-em-up Rise of the Robots for the PC. Our contestants must smash their opponents in a single round of metal-busting fighting action. Yep. What about you? Uh, I um, I had a fair few to pick from in here because I had, uh, of course, Elfmania. Yeah, was that the other one? <laughs> that was the other one. Two beat-em-ups. That was it. That was yeah. it. I was Rise of the Robots and Elfmania. Elfmania owed us nothing, but it was just dog shit to watch. Oh, God, Rise of the Robots was built up so much. And was somehow worse. Yeah, I, I mean, if anything of note on the Rise of the Robots challenge, it did actually exceeded our lack of expectation. Yeah, whereas Elfmania, like a beat-em-up on the Amiga, I was quite in- intrigued to see it in action, but man, it just looked so stiff and so unplayable. For my final challenge this evening... Our contestants will travel deep into the land of make-believe for a best of three-round fighting contest on the Amiga beat-em-up Elfmania. Smash your opponent to the ground with punches and kicks of the head and body, or pulverize them with the magic coins that are unleashed every time full contact is made. I shall have no truck with fairies on this game. Seconds out. So I had Elfmania, Star Wars Rebel Assault with the Bad Boys Inc. lads, because it was just too bad two boys playing it terribly and i also had skitchin from episode 22 because i was so annoyed at it because that is a game that needed to have the series 2 format in order for it to work but i think i'm going to give my worst challenge to the clay fighter tournaments that we had with the gladiators at the start of the show from episodes three to five because it was fun to have the gladiators on very very fun to have those but we were watching gladiators play clay fighters badly and clay fighters was not that great to begin with and it just made for a lot of like not awkward television but not good television and also especially because it's not like we just had one week of bad clay fighters we had three weeks oh, on three the of trot yeah. and it didn't get better 
No, it didn't. Well, now we have something very special indeed. The first round of our Gladiator's Supreme Challenge. The game is Clay Fighter for the Super Nintendo. Our two challengers will need all their wits around them to win this best of three rounds contest. Moving on to the Annabelle Croft Favourite Celebrity Award. We could we could go on for a while, but we've, there's one answer to this. Randy Macho, Savage. Yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy, now in between bashing heads, do you get much time to play computer games? Let me tell you something. I'm going to win the challenge. Not only am I going to win, but I'm going to win big, yeah, because that's where the Macho Man does it. Okay, lovely little lady. Tell us your name. Bertha. You understand that I'm the Macho Man. You're going to get beat. you got to understand that. Do you understand that? You ready no. To no, she doesn't you. understand she, it. She, she what? I'm going to fresh you. Ooh, brave words from B there. Well done, brave tip. What went wrong? I didn't get beat. I got whooped. Bertha, congratulations. Congratulations right there. I want to ask you a question. Uh, in the future, if I have to go against Yokozuna and Crush, will you be my tag team partner? Of course. Sounds like a great offer. Together, but... we'll be the Tower of Power. Too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey. Sky's the limit. Space is the place. Birth and the Macho Man. There have been some pointless celebrity challenges in Series 3. Randy Savage is just head and shoulders above everyone else. Part of it is nostalgia. I mean, to be honest, why wouldn't it be? This is a Games Master podcast. We're talking about the mid-90s. But he was just so... He was electrifying. He was just so charismatic and took everything completely seriously. He probably didn't really want to be there, but you'd never have told. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I, when we get into the, the Ashley Pasca Award for the worst celebrity, we can talk about some people that did not want to be there. And you can tell that they did not want to be there. Randy Savage, you would not have known because he was just so like unbelievably charismatic in all of this. It was so good that I played this on my uh, my day job. So for those of you who don't know, I host a wrestling podcast as my day job. I showed it to my co-host. I was like, look, I know this is a bit of a detour from what we're supposed to be talking about, but uh, me and my Gamesmaster co-host uh, recently reviewed an episode with Randy Savage on, and I want to play you just two minutes of this challenge. And I showed it to him and he just had the biggest smile on his face the entire time because he was like, oh, what an absolute legend. What an like he was so, so good. It's interesting how you can have like, you know, wrestling promos can make no sense content wise. Similar to Retribution's promo backstage after the Drew McIntyre beatdown bit. But it does. If you've got enough charisma, you can get it over. He just yeah. said nouns. Oh, yeah, and as long as they rhymed, it was fine. Space is the place, funky like a monkey. Doesn't that, that means nothing. I do actually have a backup because I knew we, we never talked about any of our choices for any of these beforehand, but I knew you were going to pick Randy Savage, as I'm sure you probably knew I, knew you I gonna, was going to pick. 100%, yeah. So my backup, just to have a bit different, was Punt and Dennis. Oh, yeah. Partly for them being Punt and Dennis. Milky, milky. And partly because the game they played is a game that we still want to play at some point. That's such a good shout. My backup was the game's mistress because at least she was game for it. Like she went there, she was in character. She was very game for the very, you know, win a dream date. And she was, you know, trying to do her innuendos and stuff, which didn't particularly work at all. Like, oh, I'm going to fondle my consoles or whatever it was. Oh, Fletcher, you're so sweet. And you're right. I like nothing better than frolicking with my consoles. Mate, mate, mate. I know why you chose the game's mistress. <laughs> the listeners know why you chose the game's mistress. As far as I know, your missus knows why you would have chosen the game's mistress. We'll just leave it where it lies. 
Uh, which does bring us to the Ashley Pask Worst Celebrity Awards. I've got three options for this. I'm curious to see what you had and see if we have got a crossover. I've got two shortlisted, and they're actually both from the right at the end of the series, because much like Rise of the Robots, there's bad, and then there's this. Bad Boys Inc. Yep, that was on my list. And the Crash Test Dummies. Okay, whoa, we made it. Whoa, well done. Well, so, guys, you want to tell us who's Slick, who's Spin, so we know? I'm Spin, and this is Slick. I'm Slick. Hello. Hello, Slick. Nice to meet you. So, what did you do? Get, like, a day off from a shop window to come and be with us today? Well, we were supposed to be playing football for West Ham today, but they gave us the day off. <laughs> that was good of them. Yep, that was also on my list. The Crash Test Dummies were at least game for it, but that's because that was their job. You know, that was that they were paid to go around and be goofy characters in costumes. But Bad Boys Inc., oh, God, that was just yeah. sad. And they, we had them twice, technically, because they were part of the live <laughs> episode. Yeah. with uh, Where they were there promoting UBI Soft. There's bad boys over there signing autographs. How did that happen? I don't know. Here I am with bad boys. How are you, lads? All right. Good to take coming down and have a chat with us. So what are you doing here today? Um, we're with UBI Software, new game, F1 Pole Position. F1 Pole Position, it's a good game, isn't it? Good game, good Very game. good game, very good game. So yeah, so we had Bad Boys Inc. that uh, were just terrible at games. The Crash Test Dummies were at least actually moderately competent at the game, which you would hope because it was their sodding game. Who did you have? I have got one that I would probably wager you forgot happened in Series 3. And I think with good reason. Do you remember that Liam Botham was on this show? Now, Liam, you're playing for Hampshire this summer, yeah? Yeah, that's right. I'm playing for summer and uh, hopefully it'll go all well for me. Yeah, I'm sure it will. How's your dad feel about that? No, he's very happy and he says uh, he just hopes to do well. I'm sure he will. Good one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did. Because it was so boring. It was so boring, right? I completely forgot. It was only when I was going through the episode titles and I was like, cricket game? Is there a cricket game on this? Who the hell was on that? Liam Botham. And I complete, I completely blocked it from my mind because he was so boring. And it was a boring challenge. And he was unbelievably dull. And I, yeah, so I've, I've actually got Liam Botham playing Graham Gooch Cricket from episode 12 as my worst celebrity of series three. Definitely, I can absolutely see that. Now, it's been brought to our attention pretty recently that there was a celebrity challenge that we didn't get in series three that was recorded which we pretty sure has happened throughout series one and series two but this one is a very interesting one because channel four aired a commercial for it and advertised that it was going to happen games in the usa tricks and tessa hit cleveland when the 49ers go for the browns and the browns get their dogs to bark back all will be explained crash talk my name is Paul Whitehouse. Watch my admirable performance of Games Master for the TV exclusive of Ultimate Soccer, the world's first simultaneous eight-player game. Trash Talk and Games Master, Thursday from 6 on 4. And it was Paul Whitehouse, a pre-far show Paul Whitehouse, playing what we presume would be on episode two, because they talk about the fact that it's Ultimate Soccer and, you know, it's the eight-player game. So it must have been the episode two. So he was bumped for Gabrielle. And... This was brought up to us by What's on the Tapes because they found the trailer on a VHS tape. And it's one that we didn't know about at the time. But yeah, what a really interesting curio. 
And yeah, because what's on the tapes added us or kind of made us aware, uh, we reached out to Jack Templeton as well, who was also aware of it. Uh, this advert and in fact, this knowledge has been banded about a bit. And I actually checked Games Master magazine as well. And I think there was mention of it in there. Well, certainly there's been examples in Games Master magazine where the running order they say is going to happen the coming month for the TV. That ain't what we get. During the writing of the book, he hasn't been able to find anyone that knows anything about it. Yeah. So unless Paul Whitehouse puts it in his biography, <laughs> that one is probably lost to the ages. Yeah, and it seems unlikely that Paul Whitehouse would mention that in his autobiography. I would wager he doesn't remember it him remember it himself. Like he does say in the advert, like watch me play a game poorly or like watch me admirably attempt to play a game. So I don't even think we know what game it was. No, not not that I've been able to see, and I don't remember there being anything in the magazine to indicate that. I guess that we can presume that, you know, they filmed it, they didn't use it, with the intention of they would use it at a different date, but then they moved locations. You know, they moved from the prison set to the basement, and therefore just could not use it at all. Yeah, because even if it wasn't the strongest challenge, and they thought, well, okay, let's save it and stick it in an episode where perhaps the other challenges are a bit better, or we've got a killer feature... But the fact that it was filmed in the old prison location just means that, no, can't use it. Ends up on the cutting room floor. Possibly may exist on some kind of beta cam tape somewhere or some VHS dub. But it's locked in someone's cupboard somewhere and probably at this point has tape rot. Yeah, and I think it kind of speaks to the the production of Series 3 that... I mean, if there was a trailer made for it and Channel 4 were airing that trailer, it must have been a very late change to, to take him out of the episodes. So, yeah, like it, it and, you know, and we've seen that, as you said, in the magazine, the magazine talking about episodes that never happened. Like, remember the team championship episode we were supposed to get that was meant to be like a whole episode dedicated to the setup of the team championships? I am wondering if like in the final episode, we got the Vox Pop bits introducing the teams that were in the final if those bits were originally filmed for the auditions episode, because we did see in the auditions feature bits that could have fit into there. Oh, you're right. Yeah. The kids that say the thing to camera that makes uh, the crew bust a gut. And if we're at the best game players, then the games master's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And like Simon Amstel cuts a promo in there and everything like that. So yeah, it must have been filmed then. Oh, like, well, yeah, filmed then and then used for the final. I didn't even put that together, but I think you're right. Because they were filming them against a blue screen. Yeah. But let's talk about our favorite feature from Series 3. Uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my neck out on this one. As much as I would love to give it to that 3DO feature, because it really did change my mind on the console, I, I'd love to give it to Games Master Live's feature of Dexter Fletcher running around and just like, hey, go and stand over there, Dexter, and just do a bit, will you? It's like, hey, I'm over here. I'm eating a burger. What's happening over here? It's like, oh, it's Bad Boys Inc., UBI soft. Oh, what's happening over here? It's a different game. Like, it's so, it's so madcap and wonderful. Hey, well, rock and roll is here to stay, but we got to get ourselves some eats. So let's go in the diner, chomp some food. Come on. And here I am at the Ocean Diner waiting for my burger. Hey, hey quite a great burger. That's an American burger. But I, I, I'm going to give it some Mortal Kombat from episode one because I, I loved that like whole episode dedicated to Mortal Kombat. So the feature was like there and you know the interviews they had with the stars and then those stars being the celebrity challenge. I, I just loved the way that was all put together. So my heart wants to give it to the Games Master Live one. I'm going to give it to the Mortal Kombat feature from episode one. Three million copies of the Mortal Kombat game hit the streets on Monday, hot on the heels of a half a million pound ad campaign. 
What's so special about it? Those game characters are real people digitised into the game to make your beat-em-up look even better. So, are they just acting the part? Forget it. My name is Liu Kang. You want to get to the top, you got to get through me. I'm Johnny Cage. No contest. Ha! I'm Sonya Blade. If you hesitate, I'll take you down. My name is Daniel Pesina. I played uh, Johnny Cage, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and also the bonus character, Reptile. I have a Black Mountain Judo. Also, I have uh, Black Sash and Kung Fu, Seven Star Praying Mantis, and also a Black Sash and uh, Wushu. My name is Ho Sung Pak. I am an actor in real life. I play a character named Liu Kang, and Liu Kang is a Shaolin monk, and his sole purpose is to defeat Chan Sung which, ironically, the character I also played, Shang Tsung. I've been in the Turtle films, and I'm filming right now in Hong Kong with uh, Jackie Chan. My real name is Liz Malecki. They needed um, a female martial artist on the last minute, and because I had been a dancer, I was able to pick up certain elements very quickly. What happens is we take each character individually, and we videotape them, and we take the videotape, cut out the character, feed it into a computer, and uh, that way, when you play in Mortal Kombat, you really are the character and you really are doing moves. And remember, Mortal Kombat is totally true to life. Or is that death? Well, you're going to love this because I had three candidates for my favorite feature. And the last one was Mortal Kombat. And the second one was Games Master Live. <laughs> Guess what the first one was, Luke? Is it the 3DO feature? It is. But it also shows <laughs> yeah. how damn similar... Our tastes are in that respect. Tonight, we take a sneak preview of some of the games to be released with the new 3DO machine when it comes out in May. First up is the revamped Road Rash. Instead of just having like maybe one car on a bend ahead of you, you've got a whole city, you've got like three or four cars, different cars, you've got pedestrians. All that means that your riding experience is that much more involved. So, you like John Madden on a Mega Drive? Well, it's time to check it out on the 3DO. We're using real players now, digitized onto a computer background. You can actually hear John Madden speak, you'll see him animate, and you'll hear his advice. And finally, FIFA Soccer at the moment is in the early stages, but already it's looking pretty mega. The zoom option is, uh, is quite remarkable. You can go almost straight out of the stadium, looking down from the Goodyear blimp, and then pan all the way down in to stand right next to your favourite player. The new 3DO and all these games are heading your way in May. I mean, the 3DO feature was just great because it was a new challenger. It wasn't a completely new challenger. It wasn't like Atari trying to make a comeback with the Jaguar and, hey, where did you learn to fly? Where did you this was an all-new beast in an attempt to do something different, to create a standard that could be made by multiple people. As it turns out, those multiple people were Panasonic and Goldstar, but the concept was there. And they were taking games that you could play on your Mega Drive or your SNES, but oh, they were making them look so much cooler. I don't think I'd realised this before, but the FIFA footage that they show, you compare that to the Mega CD version of FIFA, which is just... FIFA again. It looks like a completely different game. The same with Road Rash. And I'm actually thrilled we get that Road Rash game as a challenge in Series 4, like quite early on, which I'm really, really excited about. Because hey, it was also it's a great challenge as well. But like John Madden's another one where it's like it doesn't look like John Madden on the Mega Drive. This looks like a legit step forwards in games playing, which you did not have with the Jaguar, but you did have with the 3DO. 
and yeah, it was genuinely exciting for me to see as a kind of as as, a, as I've said so many times, the 3DO. It's still my kind of my white whale console. Uh, I prioritise getting other bits of hardware over it because they're more relevant to us and what we're doing. But it, it will it will happen. It will definitely happen at some point. And you can bet your ass I'm going to get FIFA. I had a eBay tab open very recently, looking at how much a 3DO would cost to pick up. Dude, it ain't that expensive either, which I was really happy about. And the games aren't that expensive. And I there is a bit of me that is a bit tempted, like because I've got a bit of pocket money squirreled away at the moment. There is a part of me that is, I was looking at it being like, I'm, I'm tempted. And it was based on that feature. So the success of that feature made me want to buy a 3DO nearly 30 years later. So well done, Games Master. Well done, 3DO. Like, you converted me. And also, well done us, because Sega Boy over there is tempted by the 3DO, and Captain 3DO here has bought a Sega Saturn. <laughs> Our final award for this half of the show is the Naked and Begging Award for the worst feature of Series 3. A Game Boy comes into this world naked, and it's just begging. I, um, I had two options on this one. I had two nominees. Because a lot of them, and do you know what? It's a lot of the early half I couldn't remember a lot of. But the ones that spring to mind was the adapter plug and remote, the way they had like Auntie Marisha being like, hey, you can like program your lights. Because I was just like, why is this on Games Master? Fed up with those boring household chores? Yes, you. Does breakfast time drive you to distraction? Does running around after those appliances drag you down? It's time for some help. So let IDA Home Automation bring you into the space age. The IDA box comes complete with four special adapter plugs and a handy remote controller. Simply plug your household appliances into the adapters and put those into your sockets. But the other one, and I think this will probably be on your list as well, is Dave Perry's bullshit about ROM hacking. Oh yeah, you can play Magic Carpet and then you're flying along and you dive into the water and then you're like a, a dolphin or your Subnautica, and then you crash into the ground, and then it's descent, and and it was just so much bullshit. <laughs> and I'll be honest, that's what makes it worse than the uh, the household automation feature, because at least the household automation feature was a real thing. It did yeah. fall out of the back of an episode of Tomorrow's World, but it was real. Whereas the Dave Perry feature, we've had episodes without features. It's fine. You're rushed enough as it is, it's okay. You don't need Dave Perry to like come back from a lunch down the pub and talk about something that not only wasn't going to happen, but hasn't really happened. Rom hacks don't even count for what he's talking about, really. Absolutely not. It's just, it's bobbins. And that's what annoys me, is it's not a case of it's a waste of time because it's not of interest to the gamers. It's a waste of time because it's essentially balls. Yeah, the closest thing I can think of that Dave Perry... I mean, he's making a load of crap up, right? But like the closest thing that you could possibly compare it to are the Legend of Zelda Super Metroid randomizers, where it is Legend of Zelda's Links to the Past and Super Metroid have been combined into one game and go through certain doors in Link to the Past will take you through certain doors in Super Metroid and vice versa. And the items from Super Metroid can be found in Link to the Past and, again, vice versa. That is about the closest thing I could think of. But that has been a specifically designed ROM. Like, someone has gone to the effort to make that thing. It's not a case of, 
you have got a certain number of games loaded on your PC. And by doing one thing, it triggers the loading of another. No matter how good your fave game is, wouldn't it be good if you could go a bit further? Wouldn't it be great if you could get totally interactive and play more than one game at once? Currently in development is a new PC file saving and recognition system which will allow you to do just that. The system allows you to save your game as data files, which you can then load into another program which allows you to run two games side by side. Um, take, for example, Magic Carpet, the game Magic Carpet. You could be flying along on what is like a flight sim carpet and um, you're shooting all these monsters that are coming at you from the sea and everything. And all of a sudden you're getting bored, you've been playing it for a couple of hours. And so just by dipping the carpet towards the sea, you suddenly enter a completely different game called Creation, which is set under the sea. And as long as that game is stored on your hard drive, there's no need to reload the game or anything. The computer instantly recognizes the instruction and puts you straight into the new game. But well, that's going to do us for uh, this portion of the show. We'll be back after this uh, short commercial break where we're going to be talking about uh, the team championship and our thoughts on that. We'll have the Diamondism Award for our favorite dick jokes, our worst moments and our favorite moments of Series 3. But more importantly, your listener feedback. Uh, we'll see you in just a short little while. From Micro Machines, it's Super Van City. You can get into town. Super Van City. Just hold it on down. Micro Machines taking over the place. With real racing dragsters ready to race. Working bridges in an airport too. A car wash service. Super Van City, the Micro Machines world you can carry away. Sega TV problem spot. Got a problem. Friends, keep buying your hats. Get 25 Meg Street Fighter 2. So many new buddies, you won't need real friends. So many fighting options, you tear your hair out. Oi, no hair, no problem. Ha! To beat this hair, he takes Sega. The search is over. The Super FX heralds the future of gameplay. By the unique Super FX Accelerator chip, Starwing, the first of a new breed. In the future, you have to defrost a cop to put a criminal on ice. Sylvester Stallone is John Spartan, the demolition man. The toughest cop in the 21st century. But Wesley Snipes is cold-blooded Simon Phoenix. Simon says freeze! Uh, now fry like a chicken, chicken. But Demolition Man always keeps his cool. Hey, you didn't say Simon says. The future isn't big enough for the both of them. Demolition Man, figures of Bola Jet each sold separately, new from Mattel. I have this dream. It's about playing for my country. FIFA International Soccer from EA Sports. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. you can take Sonic around the world. Make him loop the loop or walk the dog with this Sonic Spinner only from Kellogg's Frosties. There are four to collect with tokens on special Frosties packs. To be this great takes Frosties. Tonight we interview a really big star. Not you. Sonic 3! Should we dive into the audience feedback, which is what I've, I've been really looking forward to. Been very curious about what our listeners have had to say about Series 3. So let's kick things off and see what Misha had to say about the show. So that's the end of Season 3. First and foremost, I'd like to say thanks very much to Luke and Ash for having me on the podcast. It was a genuinely the boyhood dream came true. I've been waiting for ages to talk about that experience on the consultation zone with people who would understand and not mock me for it. So very happy I was able to contribute in some small way to the greater understanding of the mechanics of how the show worked. Season three itself... Bit of an odd one, but I think the most fascinating thing to come out of it has been the realisation and the discovery that 
it wasn't Dexter's fault. I'm sure you'll be getting that a lot, particularly from Matty. But yeah, they're realizing that all the production staff and all the timing issues, various editing things, and all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes that we know now, and we'll no doubt find out more about in the book, but didn't know then. Also fascinating, you realize that Dave Perry's more uh, unlikable tendencies were well seeded in Series 3 before they catalyze with uh, the uh, Mario 64 incident. But first time round, I, for one, don't remember any of that. It was just Dave being Dave. Didn't really, didn't really stop and think about what he was actually saying. The change in format for the, for the team championship, you know, I like it. Very polarizing. And at the time... I definitely didn't like the fact that things like the consultation zone were getting chopped for the sake of the contest. But again, in hindsight, looking at it with fresh eyes, you know, it, it's, it's just a different change of pace, really. And attempting to do something different because innovate or die is the old axiom. Obviously, what really has made Games Master Season 3, and indeed the preceding two seasons, has been the wonderful people in the under-consultation posse. It's so wonderful to just have these people who may not agree on everything, but politely agree to disagree where it matters, and just genuinely like and support each other. Uh, the Discord is a lovely oasis of calm in uh, what can easily turn into uh, quite a fraught conflict zone. Uh, and the Patreon exclusives, wonderful, love them. I like to think that the quality of product that you both provide is reflected in the quality of the community and the listenership that you have. It's also fascinating to see how you know this little project has spiraled and exploded to the point where you know the you got the scoop on the book don't think anyone saw that coming uh, when the first batch of episodes was put in the can in the pre-pandemic era anyway just wanted to say thanks to luke and ash and everybody in the uc posse and here's to season four thank you very much for that feedback misha thank you for your very kind words as well um yeah we I, i'm one of the things I've loved about this show and doing this show is actually, yeah, creating this little community uh, in our Discord. The Discord, by the way, I launched because my wife had fallen asleep on me on a lazy Sunday afternoon and I was trapped and I could not reach the remote to change the channel from whatever was on. And I was on the Retro Gaming Hour podcast Discord and I just thought to myself, huh, maybe we should have a Discord as well. How easy is that to set up from a phone? Turns out pretty easy to set up from a phone, so I did it, and, I, it, and it's now sort of spawned into a really, really nice place for me to check every, into every single day. So I'm really glad that, that people are enjoying what essentially was a, a way to entertain myself while I was waiting for my wife to wake up from a nap. It's funny that Misha mentions, you know, did you see this, you know, what started as a fun little project. I think now we're kind of at a nice point. We can say that when we started under consultation, when we first met to talk about, you know, doing this, even then, we did already start to make notes of, well, if we do a Patreon, we'd probably start it with Series 2. And then, I mean, some things I think we discussed then we still haven't done because they're for like Series 4 or 5 and stuff. You know, we still have things up our sleeve. But the fact that they've actually happened 
yeah. is the really cool thing. And certainly, no, couldn't have predicted the book. Absolutely not. Well, technically we could have predicted the book because originally we were thinking of writing one. <laughs> yeah. But we couldn't have predicted the book we're going to get. No, and we sort of, I mean, I suppose we could have predicted the books. We were told about it in advance. But we, <laughs> but like on that note, when we started this podcast, never did I ever think like that we would be the people that would actually like, yeah, I mean, sort of not just get the scoop on it, but like release the first interview that Dominic did about the book and do it with Darren from Read Only Memory and things like that. Like that seems kind of nuts to me in hindsight. Like when we was like, you know, sitting in the pub talking about doing this show that just you know 18 months later we would be helping launch a kickstarter for a book that then you know got funded within 24 hours it's crazy absolutely and yeah we got that first interview with dominic about the book and now we'll be getting potentially one of the last interviews he does about games master uh because he made the tweet not long after the kickstarter finished basically going okay that's it other than the book I'm done talking about Games Master. I said everything that I can say on like the podcasts and in the book and stuff like that. And I saw that tweet and internally I went, Shit. Let other people know they have just 24 hours left to grab hold of this big hard thing. Not only that, but as lovely as it has been hearing from you all about what the show's meant to you and talking about it on 57 bazillion podcasts, after this, I am done. I am not speaking about the show ever again. I've got nothing left to say that isn't in this fine book. So get it while you can, because the rest will be just pants. Yep, I had the same thought as well, because he released like a video and everything being like, I'm done, I'm not talking about it anymore. And I suddenly thought, I was like, I need to text Ash. But bless that dude, because he emailed us unprompted going, I'm still talking to you guys. And I was just like, (laughs) Oh, that is so awesome. That's if, <laughs> if you went back to like the mid-90s and said, yeah, Dominic Diamond just emailed you. Email, you'll learn more about it later. <laughs> Dominic Diamond just emailed you to say, it's cool. He still wants to talk to you. I mean, teenage me would have probably gone, who are you, you weird bearded bastard? <laughs> but I also wouldn't have believed me. Yeah, no, it's it's been so much fun. Like, and actually, we've had some really fun interviews in Series Three. Like, Misha, you know, name dropped himself there, like to kind of like give us some background under the consultation zone. Uh, we've also had Mr. Biffo on this series as well. We had like, you know, it's been a really fun one actually to kind of like speaking to be the people that were working on this show. You know, had had an involvement in it in some capacity. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, personally, there is one white whale that I just don't think we'll ever get, but people I wanted to speak to like at the beginning of this we've got two of them now yeah we've got Biffo because I just wanted to find a reason to talk to Mr Biffo and thankfully he's in the show so that was easy and wanted to talk to Dominic and so many people from here on in it's just all a bonus you know it, it it's it's really gratifying when people do want to talk to us really well if ever there was a time to fucking celebrate it is finally being done with Dexter Fletcher. Um, so I remember that this is Adam D. I'm a member of uh, the Discord and I've sent in feedback for the first two seasons and I kind of said uh, when we did the end of season two that I knew this was going to be a struggle. Like, I've I've done a rewatch of Games Master so many times now and every time I get to season three and I end up giving up. Um, so thank you guys for this 
project aside from everything cool like having a community and everything we're getting out of it i finally made it up through all 20 odd episodes of this thing that is abhorrent to me um i watched the first few episodes and then you guys enthusiasm i was like where is this coming from dexter is horrendous um and i'm kind of glad that you finally seen reason as we finally got towards the team challenge and all of his horrendous like repeating and yelling over the commentary has just all come to bear in the team championship um i don't mind the team championship in principle this oddly this little part of the season is probably my most watched games master outside of series one and two because they used to repeat on channel four during the summer holidays a lot so we would watch it a lot and then for some reason we had a lot of them recorded on vhs um, we recorded the whole series back in the day, but for some reason, these are the ones that survived getting taped over. I have no idea why. Um, I don't, unfortunately, have a copy of the end of that episode, the, the striker, um, as much as it would pay. Like, I love that. Obviously, I run a YouTube channel called Joypads for Goalposts, where I rank every football game. So missing the opportunity to see some extra football is a bit disappointing, but it, there's a lot of football in this season anyway. Um, so, yeah. So thank you for making it through this with us helping us along the way and glad by the end of it you saw the arrows you raised and you realized that texture is bloody terrible um so yeah f a doodle do it's over um, i'm really looking forward to season four because for whatever reason the beginning of season four is not in my brain i remember going back to games must and finding out dominic was back somehow i'm not sure how um so really look forward to season four uh, so cheers, guys. Uh, speak to you later. Bye. Well, he certainly didn't mince his words there uh, about his thoughts on Series 3. No, definitely not. But I do want to say that I don't know that we did see the kind of error of our ways purely because <laughs> I I still don't hate Dexter. There's some no. bits that grated on me, but it's like I, I doubt it's going to be the only time a presenter on Games Master is going to grate on me between now and the end of its run. Uh, with all the love in the world to Dominic, I'm sure by his own admission, he's probably going to say things that we're not going to like or is not going to play well. I'm I'm sorry that Adam, I guess, struggles with Series 3. I I felt no fatigue getting to the end of this series. Um, no, absolutely not. No. The team championship kind of dragged a bit, but I think that was more down to production decisions. And it's when just they formatting. Got, yeah, formatting. Because when they got to the semi-finals, as we said earlier, that's cracking. And the final itself is oh, like that's that's just that's quality games playing. And again, having you know, obviously Adam probably wouldn't have read uh, the interview that we mentioned earlier, but having understood a little bit of what Dexter was going through in his life and the point he was at. The fact that he was hosting at all seems something of a minor miracle if he was dealing with multiple substance addictions and being, I guess, very depressed. So, so yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, to defend Dexter, so, I mean, not that he needs me to defend him on a, you know, a 30-odd-year-old show. You know, and, and I get that he was a bit repetitive, and there were times when he did great on me. But I would say, like, there were times... The times that he grated on me were outweighed by the times that I enjoyed his personality on the show. And to come to his defense somewhat and on the repetition of his commentary, the dude had to comment on so many platforming challenges and there was very little to say about those platforming challenges. And to make matters worse, he had to do it three times per platforming challenge. So like it was, you know, so yeah, 
he did say leap like a lizard a lot. And that's probably because what else are you supposed to say <laughs> there's, there's only so many ways i can say yogi bear has got to collect some clocks i think it's a tragedy of games master that he never got to commentate on a gex challenge because he could have been <laughs> dave dave he's leaping like a lizard because he is a lizard <laughs> look at him leap dave Oh, on the subject of season four, I've got a little bit of a blind spot. Well, I did. Obviously, I don't now because I've already got my first pass of notes for the first two or three episodes. But other than remembering the introduction very well, I also had a bit of a blind spot on it. But I am looking forward to going into this because, hey, guess what? We're doing another format shift. Things are going to get weird from here on in. I, d- I would be darkly amused if this is the season that I struggle with. <laughs> In Dominic's own words, it's as a result of, of it being pure Dominic Diamond. So maybe it will be the season by the end of it. We're like, yeah, I didn't like series four much. Maybe season four will be the season that breaks us and just goes, uh, just wait for the book. Yeah. Just wait for the book for the rest of Games Master. This is it. Good night. Uh, we've also got some written feedback. This first one comes in from David Thompson, who said, Season 3 of Games Master always seemed like the black sheep of the show. I remember I did a Games Master rewatch about 10 or 11 years ago, and I skipped Series 3 just because I remembered it being slightly different due to there being no Dominic. Thanks to your show, I've now watched it almost all the way through, and in general, I liked it. As for memories of Series 3 when it first aired, I was 11 and definitely watched it, but outside of remembering a few of the celebrities, rewatching it didn't spark anything. I think I had more memories of your Games Master magazine recaps than the show itself. One thing I do remember is my mum telling me before Series 3 started that Dominic was gone and Dexter was replacing it. It must have been in the newspaper. We got the daily record if there's some way of checking old newspaper archives. The main thing I remember thinking was that it would be strange having an American hosting the show only to find out when it aired that he was English. As a side note, that's something that we were talking about in our Press Gang uh, UCP Extra episode on Patreon is that his American accent and press gang was so con- like so convincing that fans of the show were then surprised to find out, yeah, he's a cockney. And of course, he amped the cockney up as well. <laughs> uh, David continues, I do think the team championships would have worked better with the Games World five show a week setting so the teams could have had more time to show their personalities. I also think one of its biggest failings as a competition was letting the teams watch the other team's attempts as it somehow resulted in looking like the exact same gameplay was happening three times in a row. That is a fair bit of feedback, actually, because that's something that Dave Perry's brought up in commentary. Whenever the third player goes on to play, for instance, a platforming challenge, he's like, well, he's seen the other two, so he now knows exactly what he needs to do in order to get the best score possible. And it's something they actively avoided in the first two seasons, for the most part, because I remember a couple of challenges where Dominic said, OK, you go over there so you can't see what they're doing. I don't know that the five nights a week would have helped. I think... An hour long. Hours weren't needed. Having more time in some way for the teams to show more personality would have been great. I completely agree. I'd also love to see if we could find that Daily Record newspaper if that was the place where uh, David's mum found out that Dexter Fletcher had replaced Dominic. I'd love to find out where that was. I don't know. I suppose I can go to the National Newspaper Archive when things (laughs) are safe again. That'll be a fun one. Next up, we've got feedback from Peter Borg, who says... Many thanks for the excellent work you are doing on the Games Master podcast. It's nice to go over the series again, a bit more in depth. Series 3 seems to be the runt of the litter in regards to the show's entire run, but it's been good to hear the positives spoken about and highlighted after all these years. 
It's also good to see Dexter Fletcher being somewhat vindicated for the faults of the show. He seems a likeable guy and did the best possible job he could in the circumstances. Like it or not, it's part of the canon of the show and deserves to be treated fairly. We'll remember this run of podcasts dovetailing nicely with the success of the Kickstarter Games Master Oral History Book. Having said all that, I'm really looking forward to hearing your stuff on series 4-7 to as that's my favourite era of the show. As a side note, I went to school and knew of a few contestants of the show. The Italian Triplet Brothers in Series 2. Oh, I hope they don't hear what I said oh, about them. I was going to say, yeah, because we were not particularly kind to those when we reviewed them playing pinball fantasies and being crap at it. Oh, there's three of them as well. They could take us out simultaneously and one <laughs> alibi's out for the other two. Uh, he also knew Sharif, who plays Donkey Kong Country in Series 4, and used to see two of the Killer Instinct challenges from Series 5. There was always a bit of kudos about having been a contestant on the show. Keep up the excellent work and best wishes to you both. No, best wishes to you, Peter. Thank you for the feedback. Yeah, thank you so much for that feedback. That's really cool that you knew a couple of people that was on that. Yeah, particularly those Italian triplets uh, from Series 2. And I'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking forward to that Donkey Kong Country Challenge in Series 4. Yeah, I think like a, a lot of the feedback that we, we've seen from Series 3, like across the run of us doing this podcast, has actually been a lot of people... Adam notwithstanding being like yeah I've reevaluated this actually and it's nice to know that you know not everyone is placing the blame squarely at Dexter's feet because he was not the villain of this show as it turns out and for those that haven't enjoyed it I'm glad that we've helped I guess yeah. that uh, that we've kind of like been a soothing balm <laughs> or, or poultice or, yeah. on the uh, the carbuncle that is series three in some people's lives I'm, I'm glad we haven't found it fatiguing really because if we had, then other people would be trying to watch it to keep up with us and we'd be struggling to get through each week and it would probably not have been the most enjoyable experience either to record or to listen to. Yeah, uh, and on the note as well about looking forward to series four to seven because that's the the, the bit that you remember the most and it's your favourite era of the show. It's the bit I'm kind of both looking forward to and slightly dreading because it's nothing like these first three seasons and it's going to become more and more and more a very different show to what games master was originally designed to be so i'm curious as like whether it's going to be one of those shows that's like it was great at the time but has but does not hold up in a rewatch unlike i would say series one two and three which were like good at the time and have remarkably held up well I'm actually very glad that we're doing UCP Extra because whilst we've done some game show type shows, we've also done some stuff that's radically different to Games Master. And I'm hoping that that has prepared us for when Games Master in Series 4 onwards goes off the rails and starts rewriting its format on a regular basis. I'm yeah. hoping that's been good preparation for us, really. Uh, we've got some other feedback here from Sean Dunn, who says, Series 3 has been fantastic. So much has happened around the reviews, which has been amazing. My favorite games in Series 3 have been the Micro Machines Challenge, Super Mario All-Stars, and FIFA. I love FIFA, career mode, not the online. And I started on FIFA International Soccer on the SNES, and I've played every single one. UCB Extra has been so entertaining, and I've really enjoyed it, especially the episode on Gladiators. To be honest, I'm really proud of you guys and what you've built. I'd be afraid to interact with communities online because of my mental health. But the UC Discord is just a good place to talk. Really looking forward to the PlayStation game challenges. Oh yeah, Skitchin. 
Yeah, Sean actually on Under Console Nation was talking about like uh, PlayStation games as a, I think the first episode we did about the Console Nation, that was the question he submitted was like, are you going to be talking about PlayStation games? Because yeah, we are getting to that period now. Like we're halfway through Series 4, the PlayStation will be out in Japan. We're going to have a feature on it, I think. Yeah, we get features on the launch of the PlayStation and the Saturn in Japan as well. They get They get a feature each. Mm. They, you know, they get some dedicated time. I really enjoyed doing the UCP Extra podcasts because it can be a bit palate cleanser. It does let us flex our muscles elsewhere. The Gladiators one, I love doing because that was one where I did go, oh, I'll just do all of the editing on this one because (laughs) I had way too much fun using music cues, uh, blending clips with the background music that was on the CD releases and similar to what I did with the Nightmare uh, episode where I just got so carried away trying to create a soundscape that was a kind of a room in a castle with a storm outside. I always wanted to work with a BBC Radiophonic workshop, basically. So this is my chance <laughs> to do that kind of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing. I mean, also, thank you to our community mm-hmm. uh, because you are lovely to interact with. There is a hell of a lot of negativity online. Uh, other communities that we both have professional ties to are not always the nicest places to be around. And even the retro game community definitely has its issues. But thankfully, in the little pocket universe we exist in, things are pretty damn cool. And a lot of that is down to you guys who listen, who email, who tweet, who hang out on the Discord, who tune into our Patreon live streams. We'd probably be doing this anyway. But doing it with the kind of audience that you are makes it just extra enjoyable. Yeah, completely agree. And oh yeah, Skitchin. Skitchin! And last up on the written feedback for this season, we've got Rob Goblin, who says, Thank you again for the great podcast. The new episode releases are now a highlight of my week and have helped me get through many a dreary work day. As a late 20-something, my only exposure to Games Master was catching a couple of episodes on Challenge in the mid-2000s so my knowledge of the show was very thin until I started listening to you. Because of this, I came into Season 3 with an open mind. I knew that it was seen as the ugly duckling of the seasons, but I didn't think it could be anywhere near as bad as people said. Apart from a few dull episodes and the breakneck speed of the team challenge, it has been a really good fun season. Obviously, Dominic could never be replaced, but Dex really does manage to steer the ship well. The team challenge idea was really good on paper, but as said all the way through the series, it was just a bit too chaotic and overly bloated, to really be memorable. It would have worked far better if they'd done some more of the rounds behind the scenes and then had a series of team versus team knockouts near the end of the series. However, in the end, I think the tournament was done as best as it could be for the early 90s. The only gaming show I had when I was young was Sky One's Gamesville, with with a Z, Luke. (laughs) Oz, you know it's cool. And this series absolutely blows that show out of the water. I think some people forget that everyone was chasing what Games Master achieved long after the show finished, so a bad series of the show will always be better than any of the imitators. Looking forward to what is coming in Season 4, as the gaming landscape is about to completely transform again. Isn't it just? Yeah, it really is. Thank you so much for that bit of feedback. Um, I, Gamesville, I think we should put onto our list of um, potential episodes that we can either do on UCP Extra or as like potential future bonus episodes uh, down the line because there's a couple of like other gaming shows that come out once games master is finished that i have sort of like you know tentatively written down to be like like bits or the one that ian lee did 
Like I think there's a, a on Channel Four. Like I think there's a couple of shows that we could probably look at that are the, to be quite fun to revisit. Definitely. I mean, we we are going to look at Bad Influence again because that was a lot of fun. We've also, I think, next week going to look at a show that predates Games Master by ten years. Predates Games Master. Yeah, that's some that's some exciting stuff. You want to talk about a change in gaming landscape? <laughs> get ready for the blips and the bloops because that's all you're gonna get, dude. It's pre Famicom, like that. It's proper. Like the game's crash hasn't even happened yet. It's so early in a timeline. I hope you like ColecoVision. Um, <laughs> Coleco. But getting Rob's feedback is really cool because, as he says, he's in his late twenties, and so he came into Series Three fresh. And this is a perspective I'm very curious about, because as much as I tried to approach this without any bias, it was tough. But for someone like Rob that doesn't have any of those preconceptions or those memories of how they felt about it as a teenager, that's really cool to hear. Uh, We've got some more audio feedback, and our first bit comes in from Matty Boo, who apologised to me because he's on his own this time, but I'm sure it'll be just as good as it always is. So let's hear from Matty. Hi, this is Matt, aka Leisure Suit Matty, on the Under Consultation Discord. Uh, These are my highs and lows of the entirety of Season 3 of Games Master. Now, I really like the setting for Series 3, the uh, abandoned prison and soon not so much abandoned prison used for the so-called Games Master Academy. It brought a real big sort of fight club feel to it. And I liked the fact that they had the audience outside the cells banging on, cheering, doing whatever it took. And it just brought a real vibe to it. I also like Dexter Fletcher, and I will continue to defend the fact that Dexter Fletcher did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. The only thing he is guilty of is the fact that he simply wasn't Dominic Diamond. And you know what? If this stood on its own laurels, Series 3 of Games Master would probably be a pretty well-regarded show. Of course, there was also the fact that we also held up the burnt, singed red coat of Dominic Diamond. And yeah, less less of the digs, I think. Less of the digs, guys. Come on. A standout episode to me is actually the very first episode of Season 3 where we had the entire thing dedicated to beat-em-ups, in particular Mortal Kombat. And I really liked the fact that we had the actual stunt performers for Sonya Blade and Johnny Blaze in playing a game. And it always stuck out in my brain since I was a kid. And when I revisited this episode as the watch-along for the podcast, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Didn't like that annoying kid in the episode but hey i'm sure the worst will come by the way as an aside to the podcast itself that interview with dennis the guy behind johnny blaze was fantastic and i highly recommend a listen as well as the paul rose slash mr biffo interview because who out there doesn't like digitizer come on And the cast of Mortal Kombat would be my favourite guest on the show if it wasn't for a certain macho man. Say everything twice. Say everything twice. From the highs, we've got to now do the lows, unfortunately, and a consistent low right through this, but in particular during the championship tournament, has to be Dave Perry. I'm sorry. Dave could be one of the nicest guys on earth 
now in the year 2021. But the Dave Perry of 1994 is... I don't want to punch down. I really don't want to punch down. But there's things that he says there that just drive me... That just grinds my gears. It's the sexism. It's the little digs. And... It also, I also get a get a feeling that that ego is just swelling by the episode, and I'm sorry, that race with a certain penguin in a few years' time can't come soon enough, and I'm leaving it there. The other thing that I consider a low is I can see what they were trying to do. They were trying to freshen up the show, the franchise, whatever you want to call it. But I really didn't get on with the tournament aspect from when they introduced it in episode one to when they refined it for the Championship League. I like Games Master as the magazine show that it is, with silly little challenges in between. I'm looking forward to season four to a return to form there, even though I believe... This is probably going to be a low in the Series 4 feedback, but I do feel that when it becomes Dominic Diamond and his friends and they embrace the edgy 90s a little bit more, I might be here in a year's time criticising that too. But I am very much looking forward to the format change back to it being a magazine show. The championships did nothing for me. The format change did nothing for me. And the fact that in the early episodes of season three, they tried to make everything into a special edition and it was just really transparent that it was not. They were just looking for ideas to fill the show with. It, it just wasn't for me. And re-watching this, there was probably a reason why I stopped watching it as a kid and then picked back up in series four. I definitely did not remember any of the championship stuff at all. And originally I thought it was because I Stevod happened in South Wales, and that may still be true. But I do feel that young, like 13, 14 year old me probably stopped watching at that point. And that's kind of sad. Let's end on a high, and the, one of the biggest highs for me in Series 3 has to have been the live episode, despite all of its faults. Like, there was no way you were going to pull that off completely without any problems, and that final Street Fighter challenge certainly went absolutely nowhere, but you know what? The nervous high-octane energy made that episode, and it was probably going to be one of the ones that sticks in my mind going forward. But that's enough of the show. Let's talk about the community, in particular the Discord. You guys have absolutely no idea how much you bailed me out of a massive slump back in 2020, and I just want to take this moment to thank each and every one of you. And even Cliff. Guys, this is an amazing podcast. I listen to it every single week. Even my wife likes you. Some less so. No, I joke. I really don't want to give her a complex. But every single under consultation podcast from the main show to the patron show, it's a must listen to. And it is a highlight of my week. Fan blooming fantastic I, I mean I, I really want to do a little like pushing my glass up my nose here to just correct you that it was daniel Pacina and playing johnny cage but i laughed too much at you name dropping cliff and being like it's a lovely discord community and cliff uh, there's, a, there's a proper like guffaw laugh that both me and ash had at the exact same time listening to that feedback especially because basically i don't need to say anything about cliff at this point matty's done the job for me <laughs> 
Um, oh, poor Cliff. Well, he will be poor if he keeps spending all that money on Nintendo 64 <laughs> imports. <laughs> but um, I do actually want to mention that uh, I think most all of the audio feedback we had mentioned either the Discord or the Patreon or some combination thereof. And if you're thinking, hey, I said that and it was cut out, we may have trimmed the audio a little bit just so the same thing's not being said over and over again. We do love and appreciate all of you and the fact that you feel so passionately about the Discord and the community. And uh, we basically just didn't want it to get too repetitive. But thank you. It means a lot to us. And we also didn't want this episode. Like, we don't want the feedback to just be like, hey, do you know how great we are? Like, this is how great. It's not just how great the show is. Do you know how good we are? Like, listen how listen how all these people love what we do. No, I mean, you know, that's why we keep the unedited audio and we just listen to it <laughs> on our cold and dark days. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, that that's nice. People like us. As a constant reminder, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. Uh, nice to hear some more love as well for the live episode because, oh, man, that live episode is just so much fun and so chaotic. And I, I genuinely think that it's better that we don't know who won the Street Fighter F challenge at this point because it's just, it's a moment in time. This episode went so bad, shit, we will never know how it ended unless yeah. it's in the book. Yeah, I, I loved the live episode so much. Um, and uh, also, I very much appreciate Matty's impression of the macho man Randy Savage. And, and like how to, how to perfect that impersonation is to say something like the macho man and then just say it again, but slightly deeper. So you say it loud and you say it again. You're going nowhere, nowhere. <laughs> that was awesome thank you so much maddie but we do have one more bit of feedback and of course we had to save him till last here's cliff hello all you cartridge blowers out there and joystick wagglers this is n64 life's review of season three of games master with myself cliff foster aka the amazing cliff on the old twitter usually your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time yes ash admit it admit it the nintendo 64 and i'm literally i'm going to try and keep this as short and brief as possible i haven't had as many orange smarties as my review of season two probably um but literally i'm just going to give my points of view of what i thought of season three so divisive so divisive but i personally did not dislike it i didn't um and i i think what kept it fresh was that you had one half set in the prism and then the other half set in the basement with the team championships and i think that's made it feel like a, almost a two seasons it, it didn't feel like one season it very much felt separated by the switch over to the team championships and i personally really enjoyed it now let's look at the negative and i think that this series has been a production nightmare if we if we're talking about the live episode overrunning that we didn't see the end of the last challenge to the basis of when they went down in the basement dex and dave they are literally shouting over one another the other thing so very nicely bringing me on to dave himself his points of view 
<laughs> have been grating. And I think Dex, towards the end, very much becomes a caricature of himself. He almost parodies himself that he's so over the top. Lads, it, it, it started to grate on me towards the end. But what did I really enjoy about this series? I, I did enjoyed the first part half. I, I liked it how it was differing to any other Games Master series we've had or we will have. Um, and then we come on to the team championships. Now, I enjoyed the team championships to begin with, but when we were getting to the end of the first round, it definitely became a bit uh, tiresome. And I put it up on the Under Consultation Discord channel. I couldn't remember a single team that had got through. It went on for so long. And fair enough, you're having to have it so you have a semi-final of three shows. You need three teams for each of those shows. So you need nine episodes building up to that. And then they had the Christmas special in between. But it started to get great on me a bit. And actually, when we came to the semi-finals, um, it was nice, actually, the first, especially that first semi-final. Um, it was a really good show. And as we came into the final itself, it, it was almost like this sense of change and wanting Dom back. You know, one thing that's been missing from this whole series are diamondisms. Dex can try all his what he wants to try and slip in the occasional, very occasional bit of innuendo, but it needs Dom. That needs Dom. We need Dom. And we're gonna get Dom back. So but season four itself, it's Dom it's like Mecha Dom. <laughs> season four is definitely going to be mecha dom and do you know what i'm really looking forward to joining this with all of you guys and i can't say enough how if you are listening to this and you aren't part of the under consultation discord channel come and join us over there um if the boys wish to push n64 life they can do at this point i'm not going to do any self-service even though i've got my bed music behind me Okay, maybe a little bit of self-service. But do you know what? Season three, it's not Dex's fault. And it's not as bad as people remember. And I'm sure when we come to season four, it's going to be maybe a little bit, a smidge of that we might be looking for it with a bit of rose-tinted glasses. But I am the Amazing Cliff. Thank you very much for listening. I've tried to keep this short and sweet. I'm going to edit it down now, so you don't have to hear my voice much more. Lastly, I want to say the biggest thank you to both Luke and Ash. I mean, the podcast itself has been a rock for me, but the community that you guys have created on uh, Discord. I mean, I've met genuine friends for life there. Um, and I really can't wait to continue this journey with you. And we shall, because we're going to continue this journey together into season four and the return of Dom. And we're going one way ticket straight to hell. Thank you so much, Cliff, as always, for your feedback there. Uh, yeah, some points there that I, I very much agree with and I really do like. And it's what I've actually loved about listening back to all of the feedback and reading the written feedback that we've had is it's not as divisive as I thought it was going to be. I thought we would have more feedback like Adam's, which was just that I did not like this series. I did not like Dex. I did not like Dave. I did not like the team championships. I didn't like the changes. I missed Dom. And actually what we've had is the majority saying 
Yeah, it's it's actually not as bad as I as I thought. It's not as bad as people say. And you know, I think the sort of overriding thing, and Matty said it there, and Cliff um, also said in his feedback, Dex did nothing wrong. None of, none of the badness of series three was his fault. I mean, yeah, you can find him annoying, you can find him grating, you can find him repetitive, but realistically, particularly for someone like that that is a hired gun, there are people that could and should be guiding a dude like that through this job, basically. Yeah, if anything, season three has had a different villain. It was brought up in Matty's feedback, and it was brought up again in Cliff's feedback, and that villain is Dave Perry. We're going to talk about sort of our overall thoughts of the team championships now, and it's I think it's quite nice to use Dave Perry as like the the linking factor in that because he's a big part of the team championships. He's the only color commentator that they have, whereas in previous episodes of Games Master, it was a different color commentator each time. The second half of Series 3 is all Dex and it's all Dave. And Dave drops some absolute clangers throughout the team championships run. His whole, like, never bet on a girl gets very tiresome very, very quickly. And him talking about, you know, wrestling being fake and this, that, and the other. And, like, he is, he has annoyed me more than anyone else in, in Series 3. It's it's annoying as well because he's also had some great moments of insight on commentary, but then will say something that just makes me shout at the screen like like an yeah. old man yelling at a cloud. <laughs> I do just quickly want to say, absolutely go check his podcast out. He is a valued member of our community and a friend of the podcast. <laughs> See, it's not question mark anymore. It's not. <laughs> it's something else. It's something else. We'll see how that transitions as we get into series four, um, as we reach Dominic and friends. Um, right. So, Games Master Team Championships. When we did the first episode of it, I had sort of like a, a three point plan of how you could have improved the team championships right off the bat. I think that they kind of got it by the time we got to the last four episodes. We've said it in this wrap-up episode. People have said it in their feedback as well. Once we hit the semi-finals and that final, it really kicked into a different gear. It was those returning teams. It was a format that was solid on paper. I don't think it was particularly done brilliantly well in execution, but it was if they'd have done it again for Series 4, I really do think they would have got it right. I think really my biggest problem was having three teams per episode. Because by doing that, you had to have nine episodes of heat before you could get to the semifinals. And as Cliff said in his feedback, I'd forgotten all the teams. And I, I was trying to think of how you could do that. And then you said in an episode, just at the end of it, have a reminder. Like, I know they were pressed for time in the episodes anyway, but just a little graphic up on screen by like, here are the teams that have already qualified, just as a way to like, keep those names in your memory. It would have been a, such a simple fix. And I mean, the slightly less simple fix is I've, we've already raised here, we've raised before, make it an hour long. Yeah. Because then you do get to know the team a bit as you go along. You can fit three teams in comfortably, or to be honest, you might even actually be able to put it to four teams an episode because you would have almost double the runtime. And then your final is four teams. So it goes from four down to two, down to the winner. There were ways they could have done it. They could have kept the reviews. They could have kept the consultation zone. They could have kept the features. They could have kept the celebrity challenges. It could all have worked, but they were trying to work this out whilst trying to deal with location issues, whilst trying to deal with all sorts of production issues, whilst trying to deal with shoehorning in occasionally really 
really shonky games that they were being paid to promote, it is kind of a miracle that we actually got to the end of the season at all. Oh, yeah. Like, not us. I just meant Games yeah. Master. You know? <laughs> yeah. And when you look back at the challenges that were in the team championship, some of them are wild games. We had, like, you know, that pinball game uh, in there, like, which you wouldn't have thought would have been part of the team championship. It was like, just beat the end level boss on Devil's Crush. Just seems like it's so weird that that was there. And Skitchin was there. It was like these really random games that cropped up. Bubba and Stick, Tin Head. There were these games that you probably wouldn't have got much of a showing on Games Master had it not been for the team championship. So I kind of like appreciate it from that level as well. Yeah, it was nice to see some of the games that were not necessarily headliners and ones that we remember now. And I think it's sad we didn't get to see them carry this forward. We didn't get to see another attempt at a team championship. And that also, either due to production issues or the set size, as I said earlier, we didn't get to see more multiplayer challenges. We should have had some more four-player Bombermans. We should have had, or three-player challenges or whatever. You know, we should have had something that actually lets the teams fight as teams. Yeah, really good points. Uh, I'm so curious to find out from the book, from the Games Master Oral History, when it was decided that we're going to put the team championships together and then how short of a time they had to put it all together. Because, you know, like the, the, the change of location, I don't think was like, you know, that wasn't a planned thing. So when was it decided? How long did they have? And how much of a scramble was it to get in place? Because I think that is going to answer a lot of questions that we have about the team championships. And I I've got a feeling that because it would probably is such a scramble and because it was probably done at such short notice that I'm actually going to appreciate the team championships way more than I already do. Because it is like, you know, you've, because uh, otherwise I'll just look at that and be like, you put out 14 episodes of TV on a weekly basis consistently with very, very short lead times on that. And that is very commendable. Yeah, the tightness of some of their turnaround and also then doing some crazy <laughs> shit, like linking the two halves of the series with a live special. The, the timing is the problem. Like there are some of those episodes when you got the four challenges and stuff and it's just like, you know, blink and you'll miss it challenges. And it is just to the wire that some of those credit sequences on the show were like nine seconds long. It's nuts how much they fit into the very short amount of screen time that they had. Right, well, we've got some final awards that we need to give out. This first one shouldn't take us too long because it is the Diamondism Award for Favourite Dick Joke of Series 3 in a series where we didn't really have them. Yeah, there were a few notable moments. Some of them came from Dex. Uh, Most of them came from the celebrities. My one actually goes right back to the first half of the series and it is the rhyming slang one. Griffith's a dog, Mickey's a mouse, but you can't beat a good Donald Duck. I that still makes me chuckle. Yeah, that was great. I had the exact same dick joke, to be honest. It was the one that stuck out in the memory for me. It's the one that really made me laugh. And actually, it was the one that it made me laugh again because we were talking about it with Biffo when we interviewed him. And it's just this groan that Biffo gives. I'm just like, oh, no, that's not very good at all. And it's right because it's not. But it did really make me laugh because it proper comes out of nowhere from Dex. It, it, it was the weird point where he was trying to do a little funny sign-off, like an either misquote or some such stuff. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. That made me laugh. There were some good little moments in the review zone. Like yeah. there were there were some fun little moments there. But that is the one that just stands out. That's the one that lo- that, that holds it for me. The only other one I was going to suggest was the game's mistress, who was basically doing a bad Dominic Diamond impersonation. It was I, I, it was my favorite because it was so bad. 
And like it and it is that line where she's like, oh, I play with my consoles. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But you've said it in you've said it in a sexy way, so I think it's supposed to be an innuendo. I I thumb my joy pad, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um I mean I'd imagine the diamondisms will return once Dominic comes back for series four and we'll see how we get on. I mean like they're rampant uh through some of the later series, very much so. Um so our worst moments of series three. Is it is it too obvious to say that it's Dave's commentary? I've got two. Uh one and they're both kind of moments that I just don't think have aged well. Dave's commentary, yes. And the jab at Dominic at the beginning of series three. Hello and welcome to the all new thumb numbing joystick flashing games master. Sadly, this poor chap burned himself out on level two. Because I think that then led to Dominic making jabs at Dex, and it, it kind of escalated from there. They didn't need to punch down. And also, we saw via the magazine that punching down happened there as well with regard yeah. to Dominic. And Danny Curley. Yeah. What the hell like, did Danny Curley do to them? Well, he picked Dominic's side, I guess. Maybe the magazine stuff, they were still friends and it was kind of, it was ribs. But when you combine it with the attitude they took at the beginning of Series 3 on TV, it's just not great. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, I'm not keen on it. But Dave Perry was an amazing play-by-play analyst at various points in this season. He provided some great insight. He did some amazing stuff, particularly in that final episode, like really bigging up the championship. But any time there was a female competitor of any type, I just wanted to win because then we don't get that comment Mm -hmm. or a variant on that comment. What do you reckon her chances are? Any ideas? Well, quite a good games player, yeah. but uh, you've got to be a brave man to bet on a girl on a computer game, and I'm feeling like a bit of a coward today. I'm not putting my money on some mum. As well, Dave. Never bet on girls in computer games. Never. Well, Ray's going to be playing as Joe Higashian, and Anita will be playing as Mike. And uh, although I hate to bet on girls, I'm putting my money on Anita on this one. Hey, tell us, what's going to happen? Well, we all know that girls are notoriously bad at computer games, but, but I'm a little bit worried that Andy hasn't got a machine at all, and the game is made even more difficult by the fact that we're using the Super Scope on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> so for once, I'm actually going to put my money on the girl. Dave, you lost your little bet there. Never bet on the white guy in boxing or the girl in computer games. That's a tip. Well, there's Dave's top tips for you. Teenage girls could and would be watching this show and maybe they had their own games consoles, maybe they played their brothers. It depended on how the household and they viewed the kind of gender divide when it came to toys and entertainment. And to see a commentator going, we got the best gamers on the show, they're fighting to be the best gamers in the country, in the world, girls can't play games. Yeah, and like you look at the, the lineup for the teams, there was one girl in the team championships. And like in all of the teams they had one girl, there were no female reviewers in series three. Like the most like female presence we had on the show was either in the celebrities or in the consultation zone. And I just really hope there weren't kids who watched the show, heard those comments, and it made them turn away from playing video games or yeah. made them feel like they were lesser. And there's every chance that Dave Perry didn't say that to be mean or to demean or discourage people from playing games. But as we encounter more than ever now, words have consequences and sweeping broad and inaccurate generalizations like that don't do anyone any favors. 
The only other ones I was going to bring to the table for worst moments came from two uh, challenges. It was um, Jiha's um, challenge on James Pond 3, where she just like completely bollocks it and looked so like embarrassed by the whole thing. My heart just broke for her. And the poor lad playing Sonic CD in the final episode, which was just like, oof, like it's, you just got to feel so bad for him at that time. But like, I, I think looking at it for like my my least favorite moments of the series it is the dave perry commentary and and the dave not i'm not gonna say dave perry commentary the dave perry clangers just because i think it, it just leaves a bit of a sour note uh on the series interestingly as well about the team championships i meant to mention this when we were talking about it but you know that, that series five episode the christmas special where they sort of like did a bit of a recap of like the history of games master mm. in that they say that the elite three got knocked out because of an a computing error on playing Rise of the Robots. A technical fault in Series 3's team championship final meant that the team who looked like they would have won uh, didn't. The more astute of you might be able to detect a twinge of disgruntlement in their post-challenge chat. Liam, do you want to say anything? No, I'm not surprised. No. No, well, they're standing to submission. So we're going to give them a Games Master Golden Joystick at least. Don't you think that's the least we can do? Yeah! Oh, I bet that made them happy. And I've like, I've looked around online and I cannot find anyone else talking about it. So I'm also wondering if that's going to be something that comes up in the book. Maybe. I, mean, I When they say a computing error, they probably mean crappy beta of crappy game. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I was like, maybe the error is just Rise of the Robots was a game. Or the equivalent of the uh, the keyboard glitch on Take That's Bomberman Challenge. Yeah. The controls went to shit. I mean, we know we've had controller issues on Games Master before. Witness the Gladiators Challenge where Jet suddenly went from using a joystick to a joypad. Indeed, indeed. See, there's the innuendo. <laughs> but here we are. Our final award of the wrap-up episode it is our favourite moment of Series 3. Ash, what have you got for this? We've already had him once, but basically, Macho Man. All of the Macho Man feature, everything about him being on the show. But to not repeat ourselves, I'm going to go for the Christmas Panto episode. Yeah. Because it was just so bonkers out there. It was crap and terrible games playing, <laughs> but it was so much fun and so silly. Yeah. And that's tied with the live episode for exactly the same reasons. <laughs> Yeah, I had the Games Master Live 93 was one of my favorite moments of this series. The cojones of this group, like the balls to do a live broadcast of Games Master when you knew, because you have been making this show, how long it takes to switch over a game and reset a game and get a new player in and poor Dex having to like fill for time and, and all this and the, the episode ending short. Who's playing? Off, off, off! Next man in, Lloyd! We've got to get these challenges done. Absolutely, and the guy in we the want time shirt is the hero of the hour. Time's ticking away, it's a live show. Come on, Lloyd, this is all G'd up. Are they ready, the guys? Game. Can They're he choose their characters? Four seconds of fame and glory, let's wait and see. Well, good luck to both these guys. Similar attack levels, set there. So the guy's got one in hand, he's won one round. And like, everything about it is just so beautifully chaotic and, and i very much enjoyed it and the other thing i wanted to highlight as one of my favorite moments which is something that sean mentioned in his feedback is the fifa tournaments that we had at the start of the team championships i really enjoyed that little mini tournaments of the footballers coming in and playing fifa because it is something that we're going to see a bit of down the line in future series of games master are these little mini fifa tournaments and 
I'm I, I really really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite things actually looking back on the series as a whole. It's kind of like we, we see so many football games come and go on Games Master over the three seasons we've covered so far, and we got a lot more to come. But the FIFA tournament that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Right, Ash. I think that is going to do it, my friend. That's it. That's series three in the books. I am kind of sad to see it go, but I am very much looking forward to our next phase of this under consultation adventure. But yeah, like closing thoughts on series three and Dexter Fletcher's time uh, in our in our timeline. Uh, I said it before, and I'll say it again. He is the George Lazenby of Games Master. And that doesn't just mean the one and done. It also means the very polarizing figure. There are some people that love George Lazenby's James Bond. There are other people that absolutely hate it. And Dexter's time on Games Master, and indeed that entire season of Games Master, not just him, but the formatting and the team championships and everything going on around it. There are people who are just not going to get on with that. And that's fine. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. not everyone has to love the same thing. My biggest concern always comes that so many people take it out on Dexter when you, you don't blame an actor for a bad script. Yeah. And that is pretty much what you've got here. You don't blame an actor for a bad director. And that is kind of what you've got here. There's also quite a degree of irony because he went on to continue to be an actor and also became a director. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping, as I said earlier, even if you didn't enjoy season three of Games Master, that having us in the background and talking through it helped you get through the episodes. And if you did rewatch it and you did have a change of heart or you did remember why you liked it, awesome. I genuinely had a good time with this past season and I'm excited to get back to Dominic and to see what happens when we get pure unfiltered Dom for better or for worse, and uh, and just continue on this road. We are past the halfway point now, aren't we? We are past the halfway point, yeah. We are on our way. We're, like, we're in the final half of this series now. Wow, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Like I think my overriding takeaway from Series 3 is that it is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, and I've loved it for that. I've actually really enjoyed my time covering this series because I've been pleasantly surprised by it. And I'm, I'm really glad about that. And uh, I will look back on it fondly. I'll look back on doing this podcast period very fondly as well. And I will have a lot of good memories about Series 3, uh, for better or worse. And I'm now curious to know if it, like, if this isn't my least favorite series of Games Master, what is going to be my least favorite series? Like, or, you know, or maybe it still will be, but it's just a series that... I just like a little less than one of the others. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. But that is going to do it for this episode of Under Consultation. Thank you all so much for listening. You all rule. We love each and every one of you. Um, we'll be back in seven days time with a, uh, a little detour, as Ash teased earlier, a little detour from our time. I'm not going straight into Series 4 just yet because we're going back. We're going back 12 years in the past from our current point in the timeline and across the pond. We are traveling back to Christmas 1982. Marty! <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go back. We are traveling back to Christmas 1982. We are traveling back to the first televised video game competition show 
straight out of the Bay Area of San Francisco, we are going season one, episode one of Starcade. This is Starcade, TV's first video arcade game show, a game show for today. And here's your host, Mark Richards. Welcome to Starcade. Our two players have been practicing up for today's exciting rounds of competition, and they'll be competing against each other for exciting prizes by playing the newest and most exciting video arcade games in the entire world. Players, are you about ready? Have you warmed up enough? I'm ready. How about you? I'm ready. All right, let's go play Starcade. And what a show it is. <laughs> You're going to see Little Orphan Annie beating up on mouthwash era Stephen King. It's going to be an experience. Oh, man, it's like, oh, it's very American. Oh, and I hope you like ad breaks because there's fucking four of them. <laughs> also, ColecoVision. <laughs> if you are one of our Patreon backers, you'll have access to that right now. Uh, but you can also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at UnderConsolePod on Instagram at under.console. And you can send us an email at feedback at underconsultation.com. And if you want a little bit of real-time interaction, if you want to be like Cliff and try and bait me while he knows I'm recording, I see you. <laughs> you can join us on our Discord, details of which can be found in the show notes and on our social media. And if you want to hear those UCP Extra episodes that were talked about in various points of feedback, then you can get those over at patreon.com forward slash under console pod. You'll get access to UCP Extra where we review other TV shows. We've done Gladiators, Nightmare, Finders, Keepers, Funhouse, The Real Ghostbusters, an episode of Press Gang, which does feature Dexter Fletcher. Uh, and you'll also get access to Under Console Nation, our monthly community podcast where we get together and have a chat and answer your questions. Uh, and at the £5 level, you do get next week's episode one week early and ad free and at the 10 pound level you get something a little bit extra ash what do they get oh they get a patreon exclusive under consultation mug in that mug you will find stickers badges retro sweeties retro trading cards the original mighty morphing power rangers at the moment and five pound off our under consultation t-shirt which can be bought along with other mugs stickers and badges at underconsultation.com and a shout out to those £10 backers, Xanderthal, William, Simon, Sean, Robert, Rich Pemberton, Nick, Misha, Matt, Joe, Jason, Jamie, Gordon, David Palmer, David Fisher, Colin, Cliff, Carol, Alexis, Adam Warrington, and Adam D. Thank you all so much. We will see you in seven days time. Thank you uh, for everything uh, on season three. Take care, everyone. One last time, Mega Mungus. Games Master. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 